0: Let's pray. Holy Father, God, we thank you that everything comes from you. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine, the grass, the ability to breathe this morning, the fact that you have given us that grace. God, we need your grace even more. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come right now. Lord, some of us have come crawling in this morning, even in the midst of a beautiful summer. God, help us to all call, come crawling to you this morning. God, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, just wake us up. Help us to expect to hear from you. God, I pray that you would use your word to give us a greater knowledge and understanding of you so we can live our lives to your glory. God, I pray that you would work in our church in a great way. Bring revival to our church. Lord, I pray that you would work... In an unbelievable way, we could say it was only because of God. God broke in. Lord, thank you. You are a great and good God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My life flashed before my eyes in a moment of seconds. I was... Just a few minutes before that, I was uh, nice and safe and secure. And the next minute, my head was literally in a guillotine. I was about 10 years old. My parents took us up to someplace near Chicago that had this uh, big toy store. It was a grand opening of this. And they had this magician outside. And so I was uh, outside watching the magic show and just loving it. And for some reason, he said, I need a volunteer. So all these kids shot their hand up. So I shot my hand up, and my hand's up in the air. And all of a sudden, he goes, you. And I remember the shirt. I had this blue shirt, white shirt with numbers on it and blue sleeves. He goes, you with the numbers. So I was like, yes. So I went up there on the stage outside, and I'm watching this. And all of a sudden, he opens and takes a deck of cards, and he says, "Uh, here, uh, any card, take a card, any card. So I, I pulled the card out. And he tried to guess that he was wrong, so I thought I won. And, I, and he goes, no, um, because you won, you have a choice. You can keep the card, or you can get what's behind the stage. Well, I was very practical. I got a free card. So I was going to take the card. I was like, sure, I'll take the card. But he goes, So I paused for a long time. I'll, he had a microphone. And I paused, and, and he goes, uh, take the stage, take the stage, take the stage. So I was all nervous and intimidated by this big magician, so I said, I'll take the stage. And so he goes behind the stage, pulls out one of those guillotines. And, you know, I'm 10 years old. This thing is frightening. I'm scared to death. I put my, so he has me put, first of all, he takes the lettuce. You see him do that? They put the lettuce in there, and they chop the lettuce right in two. And then he goes, stick your head in there now. So I stuck my head in there now. And I am sitting back there, white as a sheet. I remember this. I'm scared to death the whole time. I'm just wringing my arms. And he starts asking me questions with my head in there. I am just petrified. He has me do the Lord's Prayer, and I start actually doing it. And he goes, No, I'm just kidding, you know? And so uh, he is, I am scared to death. And he pulls it, and shockingly, my head stays on. I was scared to death. I wanted the card, that's what I wanted. But I, because of this big guy in front of a bunch of people, I was afraid and I was motivated to do something that I really didn't want to do, but I went along with it. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks. It's the same with the fear of God. Because here's the thing, the God that you fear is the guide that you will follow. The God you fear is the guide that you will follow. Years ago, the idea of fearing God was very popular. People understood what that meant, and it was known as a good thing. We don't hear much about the fear of God much. There doesn't seem to be much of a fear of God, but it is the fear of God that motivates you. And the God that you fear is the God that is guiding your life. And those gods can be all kinds of different things. They can be the God of money. They can be the God of success. They can be the God of popularity. They can be the God of all kinds of, even your wife can be a God, your family can be a God, all these things. That's the God that you fear. That's what will motivate you, and you will be guided by that, and you will follow that God, because fear is an unbelievably powerful motivator. And 150 times in the Bible... The idea of the fear of God is mentioned. It's just constantly mentioned from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. Proverbs 9, 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of the fear of God, what it is why we need to have it, and how do we develop this fear of God in our lives. But when I mention the fear of God, for some of you, instantly, you automatically think very negatively. Because of how you were brought up in your different church culture or your different background, the idea of fearing God was taught to you in such a wrong and dangerous way that when you hear somebody say, you need to fear God, you instantly turn that off. Because there are wrong ways to fear God. Even though in Proverbs it says it's the beginning of wisdom. There are wrong ways that people have been taught how to fear God. I'm just going to give you three of them. The first wrong way that people fear God and they have this fear of God is this. They think that God is this, this guy who's a big bully with a bat up in heaven and he's just watching you. And he's waiting for you to mess up. And he's going he's gonna to bring the hammer. And so you've got to be very careful and not do anything because God wants to punish you. He delights in punish you. Some of you who were raised to do that, don't do anything wrong because God's up there and he's a very angry, big, mean God. And he wants to punish you. That's not a correct view of the fear of God. It's this big bully with a bat as a punisher. That's not the right view of the fear of God. A second view that sometimes people have of the fear of God is, is God is he's kind of like this, this distant father. And all of us, all of our dads, and all of us as dads, we are not what we should be. None of us had fathers the way that they should have been because we are all marred by sin. Some of you had really, 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 really bad dads. And some of you had even good dads, and you still didn't get all the attention and all the things that you wanted. And So we sometimes have this view of God as he is a distant father. He's just this, he's, and so we just try and we try and we try to please him. So you're just trying all the time to please God. It seems like it just keeps getting backfired in your face. And eventually some of you have just quit because you I can't please God. I can't do it. I can't live up to the expectations of this God that I hear about. And so I'm just going to quit. And you have no fear of God because you look at God as he's just some distant father you can never fully satisfy. That's not a right view of God. And the third view that a lot of people have of God is he's like like some trained wild tiger. He's in the show and and he's trained. And for the most part, he does the things that we want him to do. And he kind of acts the way we want him to act. But you never really know because there's just going to be that one time when he's just going to lash out and he's going to get you. And he's not going to go the way we want it to go. Or that he's going to attack us or we, we, may, have, we may have just mispleased him so much. that He's just going like this trained tiger that just finally just snaps and he comes after us. And some of you have that view of God. Those are all wrong views of God. God is not a big bully with a bat waiting to crush you. He's not. God is not a distant father who you cannot please. That's not the God of the Bible. And God is not a trained tiger waiting and just waiting for you to do something wrong so he can just finally pounce on you and show you his power. That is not a correct and right view of God. So if you were raised, and if you were taught that way, and it's very hard for you sometimes to read the Bible, let me encourage you to do this. Start reading the Bible. And as you read the Bible, begin, say pray. See what God actually says about himself. And pray that every time those feelings of that old view of God starts to creep up, pray and say, God, take that away. Show me yourself. Show me who you really are, as you say you are. Not like how I was taught. God, fight through all that fog for me. Because we need to have a right and proper view of God, a right and proper fear of God. 150 times the Bible talks about this fear of God. It's the beginning of wisdom it's the foundation for everything when it comes to our understanding of who God is. Why, though? Why? Why should you fear God? There's three reasons I'm going to give you. The first one is, anytime people who don't fear God are mentioned in the Bible, it always has to do with our sinful conduct. Adam and Eve, when they were created, they were put into the garden. And what happened after Adam sinned? Was he outside with lemonade waiting for God to come walk with him in the garden again? No. The Bible says in Genesis he was afraid and he hid himself from God. Sin always brings this guilt and this fear. And it really did back then. But the problem is, as humanity has lived in its rebellion against God, there is less and less of a fear of God, isn't there? And in Romans chapter 3, when Paul is talking about the problem of all of us, The problem in humanity, he says, the problem is there is no fear of God. And that will bring the judgment of God on us. Sin and our sinful conduct and what's going to happen if you don't deal with your rebellion is a reason why we should learn and understand what the fear of God is. Another reason is we are commanded to fear God. In 1 Peter chapter 2 Verse 17, it says this, 1 Peter two seventeen. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. As a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, it's a command. It, 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 there is a judgment coming on our sin, the Bible says, before we came to Christ. But after we come to Christ, the wrath of God is removed. And we are commanded as Christians to figure out what it means to really fear God. But I think the greatest motivator of why we should fear God is found in Isaiah chapter 11. Having a fear of God because of your sinful conduct, that is not going to direct you to have a right love of God. It's not going to do it. Even being commanded to love God is not going to many times get us where we're supposed to be. But I think the greatest motivator of why we need to develop a right fear of God and understand what it is it's because in Isaiah chapter 11, when Isaiah is writing a, profi- a messianic prophecy about Jesus, says this, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and Jesse was Jesus' grandfather, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. Jesus, the Son of God. God in the flesh. The Bible says Jesus had a fear of God. He delighted in the fear of God as he lives. He still, he delights in God. Jesus himself had a fear of God. The greatest motivation, I think, for us of why you and I should fear God is not just because of the the judgment of our sinful conduct, not just because we're commanded to, because our greatest example, Jesus Christ, he himself had a fear of God, and he delighted in that fear. If Jesus delighted in something, then we also should delight in it. We should figure out, what is this thing? If it was such a delight to Jesus. It was a delight to Jesus. It wasn't oppressive. He wasn't waiting for his father to pounce on him. It was a delight to Jesus to fear God. And we need to say, wow, if it was a delight to Jesus, I want that same delight as well. So I'm going to figure out what it means to delight. And God, but the question that we all have to ask, What is what is the fear of God? What is this thing that we're talking about? There's two aspects of the fear of God. One, one either get one of them right often or the other. But it's kind of the same side of a coin. There is the one aspect that we're most probably familiar with. And it is a good one. And we better not lose it. There is an aspect to the fear of God that is sheer terror. There should be a sense of terror when it comes to the fear of God. Because if you look all through Scripture, anybody who came in contact with God, what did they do? They fell down in fear. Some of them fell down and they dropped like dead men when they came around God. But sometimes we are so flippant about God, aren't we? We're just so callous and so carefree. God's my homeboy. God's my buddy. No, God is not your homeboy. When people who were close to Jesus, when they were close to God, they fell like trembling. Ezekiel fell. Peter fell. John, who was one of the closest disciples to Jesus, in Revelation chapter 1, look what happened to John. Even after he walked with Jesus, he talked with Jesus, he hung out with Jesus, he knew Jesus intimately. He was laying on Jesus' uh, chest at the Lord's Supper. And then at the, towards the end of Jesus' life, God comes to him. Jesus comes to him. And look what it says in Revelations chapter 1. We'll start in verse 12. It says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a, with a long robe, And with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like white wool. Like snow, his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze and refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roaring of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars from his mouth. Came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Now look what happened. When I saw him. I fell at his feet as though dead. When people genuinely come into contact with God, there is a sense, or there should be a sense, of holy terror. And there is a major lack of this holy sense of terror in our culture and in our own Christian lives. People who say, follow God, Close followers of him. Well, this is what a close follower of God did when he came into contact with God. He was so shook in his being that he trembled and fell as a dead man before God. There is an awe that should come when we think of God. Fear is an unbelievable humbler, isn't it? I was at college, and there was a a former mafia mobster from out east who became a christian and he came to speak and he had a ministry and he came to speak at our school and i had a night shift job where i had to clean and buff the uh, dining hall um, floors and so i was out there cleaning away and this guy he's about six foot three 280 pounds italian guy he was exactly what you would picture a mobster to look but look like And so he came in late at night when I was there. and I was in the north, northern Wisconsin, so there's all kind of crazy things up there. And so we're out there. I'm in the cafeteria. He came into the kitchen to get something. And while he's in there, all of a sudden, this big Italian former mobster who'd been in prison for all the things he did, all of a sudden a bat flew in. And I'm I'm buffing, and all of a sudden I see this 250, screaming at the top of his lungs like a little baby. And I was like, it's just a bat, man. Calm down. Totally afraid of this little bat he was absolutely humbled in front of this little five foot six college student because fear is an unbelievable humbler isn't it it just totally brings us to this place of humility whatever your greatest fear is some of you will be doing some amazing things but when it comes to spiders you can't move Some of you can do unbelievably intelligent designs and create things, but you'll never go on a a high building. You are just absolutely scared to death and humbled by that. That's what fear does. It is unbelievably humbling. There should be an awe when we come to God. It should humble us when we think of God, who he is and his greatness. It's like a tornado. You ever see a tornado? What's everybody doing? when they see a tornado? oh that's the tornado look right there we have this awe that stirs us god is bigger than the tornado the bible says that he in isaiah 40 that he takes the whole all the waters in the palm of his hand he created everything we see all the mountains all the universe it is unexplainable that's how big our god is and then we talk about him like he's flippant, like he's just this little buddy we have next door There is no awe of the greatness of God. There is no real fear of God. We have to reclaim this fear of God, this unbelievable awe. See God for who He is, in His majesty, in His wisdom, and in His greatness. And that should create in you a trembling, unbelievably awe of God. You need to pray that that would happen. That God would wake you up to this fear You say, well, that sounds like a lot of Old Testament stuff, Paul. Where that they were just really ripping on people and God was out there killing people. No. That terror should especially be for those of you who don't know Jesus. Because Jesus himself actually said some of the most terrifying things in the Bible. Jesus. Was the God, Jesus, the, the one who loves you, died on the cross? Everybody says, Jesus loves me? This is, what, this is what Jesus said about God, Matthew 10, verse 28. He says, Jesus said, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus The Jesus that loves you, he said this. Don't fear people who can kill you. Don't fear that people can just kill your body. But you know who you should fear? You know who you should have a holy terror over? It's the God of the universe who can hang you over the pit of hell. And it's only his grace that keeps you alive right now. It is only God's grace that has not consumed you and dropped you into the pit of hell. God, Jesus said, fear that God. Be motivated because this God can kill your life and your soul for eternity. That's Jesus' words. We need to have an awe of God. If you have never come to know Jesus Christ this morning, you need to realize that you are only alive by the grace of that God. And that God right now will one day pour his wrath out on you if you don't turn and repent and respond to his son Jesus Christ. It is his grace alone that lets you breathe while you hear me speak. This is a God who can kill you for eternity. Jesus said, fear him. Be in awe of him. That's, that's one side of God's fear. And God's, the fear of God that we should have is just this real, genuine terror. But there's another side of it as well, which is the same aspect of it, which is this sense of reverence and awe the sense of honor for who He is and what He does all through Scripture. If you read the fear of God, it has to do with God's loving kindness, His goodness, His faithfulness, His steadfast love to us. It's a great, awesome God we serve. And the God of the Bible should create in us not just this terror, because look what Jesus said to John after he fell as a dead man. He said, no. He said, don't be afraid. There's a right way and a wrong way to be afraid of God. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. Because of what Jesus did for us, the fear of his terror, we don't have to experience. But we need to fear and reverence him with a holy awe, this sense of respect the sense of admiration, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If you want to know how life works, if you want to understand the world, then you've got to have a holy reverence for God. And look at him and be, man, this is unbelievable. How did I end up in this situation? And look at the providence of God, how he brought you to where you are today. A few weeks ago, we were sitting with the missionaries for lunch It was with Jerry Levan. He's a former police officer in Milwaukee. He was telling a story about how a guy got a... his, His girlfriend broke up with him. He was distraught, took a shotgun, put it in his mouth, and right at the last second, he decided to change his mind and blew off half of his cheek instead. They rushed him to the doctor. All these fabulous physicians, they put him all back together, and he's alive, and they pieced his face back together there's a fear and a reverence and an awe for doctors that we should have shouldn't we when we hear that stuff we're like wow how on earth could you piece all that back together that's amazing doctor you are so gifted and skilled yet we forget that the same god was the guy that we know from the bible is the guy that created the doctor and some of you have forgotten that that god pieced your life back together That's amazing. If some of you look at the pieces of your life, all the things that were just blown apart by sin, by problems, by your own mistakes, and then God and his grace, he just started to piece that back together. And you're sitting here today, secure and stable, and you know Jesus Christ, that should bring to you an unbelievable, humbling awe of what God has done in your life. He is a God who takes people in rebellion against him and he says, I'm going to collect all their mess. I'm going to piece it all back together and I'm going to let them enjoy life. That is a God that we should have a holy awe and reverence for. The fear of God is as simple and as complex and difficult as this. The fear of God is a person whose heart and mind and emotions and life just says, Yes, Lord, to your will and to your way, I will say yes. That's a person who fears God. In every area of my life, I will just say yes to you. I'll be humbled by your greatness. I'll be awe of your power. You piece my life back together. I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I'll say yes and bow. That is the fear of God. Problem is we can't do that on our own. You cannot do that on your own. That same God who can destroy your life, in his grace, did this for you. He sent his son. He said, your life is a mess, so I'm going to send my son for you. He's going to spend His name is going to be Jesus. He's going to live on earth for eternity, and I'm going to make a way for you because of all your sin, all your problems, all the things that stop you from being able to have fellowship with me. I'm going to clear them out of the way because you can't. And the way I'm going to do it is through me and my son, Jesus. And if you'll repent and respond and come, just come and I will love you, and I will take care of you, and I will support you, and I will piece your life back together. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you really know the gospel, you have in you a fear of God. You have in you a fear of God, but we have to repent. You need to respond Because you need to see, if you have never done that, your life is a vapor. It would just take God less than a breath, and boom, your life is gone for eternity. It's just the grace of God that's allowing you to be here. It's his grace that allows you to hear this. Have you responded to Jesus? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sin? Are you trusting in him alone for salvation? Don't wait. Do not wait and test this awesome, mighty God. Because it's his grace. That's keeping you alive right now. But what's the benefits? What is the benefits of fearing God? What's the benefits of having this holy, reverent awe of God? They're good. How many of you two of them? Psalms 128 says this. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His Ways You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Isaiah 33, 6 says this, He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The benefits of fearing God, having a holy reverence and awe for God is an unbelievable treasure that this gracious, awesome God is handing out to you saying, you can have this, this can be yours, if you'll fear me. I think one of the greatest benefits of fearing God is the fear of God brings a settled life. Just a settled life. A few weeks ago, I was meeting with a guy. And I sat down to meet with him. He's going through all kinds of problems in his life. He's telling me all his, all his problems, all his stories, why his life's a mess. He says he's a Christian, he, but he's living a known sin. He can't figure out why he can't, things aren't working out for him. He's been struggling forever. Constantly, things are going bad. Things are going difficult for him. And I sat there the whole time listening to him, trying to think, what can I say? How can I help you? Because you say you're a Christian, but you're not really going to church. You're not really reading your Bible. You're not really praying. And then you're wondering why all these problems are going on. And I left the restaurant. I thought, what? That was weird. And I'm driving. I thought, It, it hit me. This guy's biggest problem was he has no fear of God. There was nothing that I can do to encourage him. He has no fear of God in his life. He has some knowledge about God. He likes Jesus like he likes apple pie in the 4th of July, but he doesn't have an awesome, holy reverence for God. And then he's trying to figure out why his life doesn't work out because peoples who don't fear God, their lives don't work out. There's all kinds of unnecessary drama. And some of you have spent your life in unnecessary drama, which if you would say, humble me, God, and give me a right fear of God, it will clear out for you all kinds of drama and all kinds of unnecessary difficulties it will settle your life a settled life is not simple Settled does not mean simple there is all kinds of complexities to the world we live in but it will give you a sense of settlement jesus said and god said blessed is everyone who fears the lord are you tired of just nonsensical drama i'm sick of drama And it's created by our own mistakes. And then people say, God's not fair. Baloney, God's not fair. God said, fear me, it's the beginning of wisdom. I'll show you. I'd have a life filled with as little drama as possible if you fear me. Because blessed is the person who fears the Lord. It's not simple. It's settled. It's not safe. A settled life is not safe. You look at all the people in the, through Scripture and all the people in the, through life who feared God. They didn't have safe lives, but they had settled lives. They knew who their God was, and they feared God more than they feared man. And so they could take on anything because they knew that they were super conquerors through Jesus Christ. A settled life is not simple, it's not safe, and it's not free of suffering. Suffering is going to happen because we live in a fallen world. But it is settled. It's a sense of, yes, I am doing things the way God designed it to do. I'm trying to live my life the way God designed it. He created this world. He knows how it operates. So when I follow his way and have this fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, all of a sudden I can think and operate in a way that makes sense of this crazy fallen world. And because of the Holy Spirit who works in me, drama can go down in your life situations can be handled correctly the fear of god brings a settled life and it brings an unbelievably satisfied life look what it says the rest of that psalms your psalm 128 your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house your children will be like olive shoots around your table behold thus shall the man be blessed who fears the lord the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. A life that fears God and grows in this knowledge of what it means to fear God and has this takes this serious. Your life will be settled. It will be satisfying. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be pain-free. There'll be suffering. And it's not just going to be safe. But there will be such a sense of, yes, I am walking the way the God of the universe created me to walk. It's peaceful. It's satisfying, even amongst the difficulties. Do you want that? Do you fear God? Are you growing? And your fear of God, in two weeks we're going to talk about how you develop that practically. The God that you fear will be the guide that you follow. And the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ is the creator of the world. If you follow that God, he will guide you into all life, life abundantly the way it was meant to be. Amazingly great now, but unbelievable in eternity. Secure and satisfied. But are you willing to say this? Are you willing to say to the fear of God, I need to know more of the fear of God, I want more of the fear of God, so that I can say humbly before you, Lord, I am willing to receive what you give, to lack what you withhold, to relinquish what you take, to suffer what you inflict, to be what you require, and to do what you send me to do? Are you fearing God where you're saying, yes, Lord, yes, your will, your way, I'll be saying yes, you're awesome, you're great, your unbelievable magnitude blows my mind, so I'm going to humble myself and know and learn what it means to fear you. We need a fresh work, of the fear of God in our lives. But we can have it because of the gospel of Jesus Christ who brings us back in a relationship with him. Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus this morning, confess, repent. Don't keep putting it off. It's God's grace that's keeping you alive. You can't guaranteed tomorrow. If you do know Jesus, are you growing in that fear? Are you saying yes to all the circumstances you're going through? Are you trying to work things out your own way? You're going to refigure God's plan? Are you just saying, yes, you're God, I'm not. I'm just going to live your life, the life that you give me to live. Are you saying yes to God? Surrender that this morning, then. Repent and fear and grow in the fear of God. Pray every day this week that you would grow and know more of the fear of God. Let's pray. With nobody looking around this morning, I just want us to take a second. Jesus and God talked about this over 150 times in the Bible. It's a big deal. When's the last time you thought about the fear of God? Say, Paul, it's been a while. I need to say yes. I'd just like you to pray for me, that I would grow in my knowledge, and my willingness to the fear of God. Maybe that's meaning you're, you're, you are a believer or you're not a believer. We say, yes, please pray for me. But just slip your hand up? No one else is looking around. We need a fresh awakening. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you. Then we're going to stand and sing that Jesus paid it all. We can have this right fear of God. Maybe you need to come and pray with somebody or just come down front and just pray and plead to God to demonstrate and show you what it means to have a fear of God. You're encouraged and welcomed to do that. Heavenly Father, God, you are greater than we can even describe. Our ability to even talk about you is because it's a gift that you gave us. So God, I pray that you would grow in us as a church and grow in us as the individuals that just raised their hands a new fear of you. That you would wake us up to the reality of who you are. That you would give us that kind of grace and mercy. That we could see you even more who you are. And then give us the grace to be able to handle that. God, I pray that you would be with those who are struggling with drama because they're not fearing God, that you would just wake them up to that, help them to see repentance as the way through the power of the Holy Spirit through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and draw them to yourself. Lord, thank you that we can fear you, that we can love you, that you can work in our lives and we then can be blessed because we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand.